0: It'll be clean. Put it back in. It'll, it will be clean. Maybe I, I won't catch the thing.
1: Herpes.
2: I already yeah. had it twice. It's fine. Herpes. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus man. had
2: herpes twice. That's possible. And COVID twice. So <laughs>
0: genitals. We don't genitals. use the c word on this podcast. We can't say COVID. I mean, shit. I said it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought
2: it
1: started with a K. Yeah. My
0: that, bad. Yeah, the COVID with the K. Yeah, you can say that word. You yeah.
1: say c-word, I think cunty. <laughs> no.
0: we we probably use that one pretty liberally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, God, that's God that's knows all right. I do. Yeah, that's oh, how my buddy Stephanos was on the show a while back. He's Australian as fuck, and he was like, you know, he was ta- he was, and he's like a masculine alchemy coach. He's like one of the most balanced men you'll ever meet. He's just oh, okay. he's all about. Um, he's a relationship coach. He and his wife go all over the world and do conferences and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, it was really funny to have. This really intelligent, articulate, balanced, masculine alchemy and relationship coach explaining the validity of the word cunt on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and how it was like a term of endearment in Australia or some shit. I forget what he was I saying. I had just been zoned in like he's a professor. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Speak my language. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. No, it, we, we we probably used that pretty liberally. Well, the good news is I it looks on the screen like our sound waves are coming through hey. properly. So that's good. That makes me happy. So anybody who's listened to the show, if like the volume was shitty before, we apologize. We're still oh, we're always working out how to make things better. <laughs> it's we, but we've got
2: figuring a, it out it, in real time. Yeah, we've
0: got we've got consistency now though. So it'll be good. <laughs> we were um God, we were just having a conversation about um Akhenaten and mm-hmm. Atenism. A T-O-N ism at and this is a big, this is like a big thing for me because like the whole the whole next evolution of this podcast has been, um, we've talked about like the uh, the Alexandria Project. And that's really sort of bringing back the a lot of ancient knowledge and stuff. Not just because I'm a nerd and that's what I like to do, which is completely true. But because we can argue about current events and shit all day long and everybody can have different perspectives. But the alternative to that is to like, trying to develop a common understanding for the audience and for all of us of like a, bi- a broader worldview, like what the fuck is going on in the world, you know, and, and how, how, how through history, these things have evolved out, right. To know who really runs shit, for instance. All right. We could be like this whole conversation started earlier. Cause Caleb was like, you know, I, one of my friends was talking about conspiracy theories and they were like, yeah, you know, this is a thing. That's a thing, but that's not a thing. And that's not a thing. Right. And we started talking about like the Rothschilds and stuff. Yeah. And then we were like, you know, do the Rothschilds run shit, or is that just a conspiracy theory, you know? But if you understand the history of Aptonism and of the Rothschild family and, um, you know, what, what their whole history has been back, you can trace it all the way back to Egypt. And then it becomes, you know, 3,500 years of history that proves the point, right? Instead of just arguing about today, who's got the most money, is it Bezos, is it the Rothschilds, who's running shit, is it Mark Zuckerberg, is it the Deep State, is it whatever, it's like there's, there's an, a higher dimensional fucking thing going on. You know, yep. and the guys that run shit are participating in this higher dimensional battle and this is like the battle of good and evil, the battle of angels and demons. Um, and yesterday we were talking about uh, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. right? And how Ares in that, in that movie is not like, uh, it's not your Greek god. You know, Aries is not some some horned mythological creature.
2: Not to get off on a, a horrible movie tangent, which I will we, do. We'd love to do that. But you were talking, and we got onto this on on the fact that it's them in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. So they just dropped a trailer that same day after you guys left. I watched of a very famous sci fi novel, uh, the the Dune saga. I don't know if you know anything about Dune, um, but
0: not doom like the video game no no dune Dune, like like a sand sand dune Dune.
2: and so basically it's a movie that came out in 1984 that's being re-released now and i watched a trailer for it and then this morning i thought ah in the background because here at the office it's kind of nice you can put on something on the tv and sit there and do your work in front of the computer i put on dune and i realized it was released in 1984. and if you don't know anything about dune Basically, it takes place in the year 10,000, and the entire galaxy is uh, beholden to this thing called spice, which can only be mined from this one planet, and the entire planet is made of sand, right? And then the metaphor hit me really hard. I was like, oh, this is oil.
1: Unobtainium.
0: This, is, right? this yeah. is oil. Vibranium. We're,
2: we're going to a planet made of sand and we're taking over this planet. We're taking it from the people that belong there right. because we need that mm-hmm. mineral that belongs yeah. there. And that's what's powering everything else in the galaxy. And I was like, oh man, this was like, this book was written in like, don't quote me, but way before 1984, several years, uh, 60s, 50s, something like that. Right. It was one of the first sci fi novels. Uh, but it, it's a giant metaphor mm-hmm. for what we're still doing to this day which we'll still probably be doing if we don't change something in the year ten thousand is yeah. taking over something for its freaking resources
1: why do you think there's been such a big push of uh deleter history you know take down all right. shit. it's racist
0: right
2: yeah. right we got to get rid of it we don't want to talk about that. So we can we're just, it. We're, Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to do it again, yeah. but we don't want you to know what we're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dune was written in 1965. 65, thank yeah. you.
2: I was going to say 20 years, but yeah. it, it, it's it's wild. And
0: people saw Yeah, people saw that. Then I was, just to your point, I was listening to, you know, um, everybody knows I listen to the like Manly P. Hall. Like I binge it as much as I can, all his mm-hmm. lectures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was doing these lectures in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And you can get... It's crazy. This dude was so dialed in in the '40s, talking about wow. the direction we were going as a society, the the like the, the the dissolution of of morals and ethics and an understanding of proper spirituality and how religion had become corrupted and science had become corrupted, yeah. and it was just driving everybody apart, right? Just mm-hmm. creating a bunch of white noise and conflict and you know argument um, about materialism versus spirituality, but also around profit and oil and war. And all that stuff. And it was just, it's crazy to see a book like uh, Dune that's 50, what is that, 55 years old? 60, it was in 65. So 55 years old. And they were back then, they were writing about this stuff, right? And this is before Iraq, before Afghanistan, before Iraq, part one. This (laughs) is also
2: before cell phones and Fox News and MSNBC and all the noise. And these men had time. You know, it's that Duncan Mm -hmm. Trussell. this poor bastard. There's somewhere. <laughs> somewhere there's what some poor
0: that? bastard sitting by a waterfall without a phone. Or there's poor some poor phoneless bastard sitting by a waterfall, unaware of how outraged he's supposed to be.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have any clue how Damn scared him. and angry. How he scared should be. and angry Damn. he should be right now. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's exactly it, man. That's exactly it. And and these, but it's it's crazy that like these these visionary um, authors and and uh, thinkers and stuff knew this was coming. They saw it coming. You know. And that kind of gets like to the point that I always try to make is that and why I've always felt like they make it such a point to destroy history because like we're seeing it right now, but it's happened before. They, they always destroy history. You know, it's like every couple hundred years or something, they just start a race. What, 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 do, you, what do you think the dark ages father's
1: My favorite quote my father always says is like, uh, when I was young, and I always remember it and I always repeat it in my head, is, you know, and it's true. Everybody says it, but he would always tell me, uh, history is written by the conquerors. Well, who's in control? I yeah, mean, yeah. You only know what they want you to know.
0: That's it. That's, that's And that's it. And, 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 and we think of the conquerors in terms of the winners and losers. Yeah. Like, but. We are a third party to that. Yes, you know, like because there's somebody yeah, hiring that, choosing who's winning and who's losing. Exactly. So it's
1: like, whoa, we're playing 5D chess here, and we have no clue we're even in a game. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> it. And, and yeah, we
0: don't, we don't even have pieces on the board in some cases. Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing is that's why I'm over here fucking off with jujitsu
1: and talking <laughs> and, and shit, and uh, meanwhile people people are fucking ruling the world. I'm like, God. yeah, what do I gotta do? where do you put in the application dude?
0: and so so that like that and that brings it like to my to my whole thing like my the 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 objective of everything that i do with the podcast with the instagram and with my books that i'm working on is is to put awareness and power back in the hands of people right and it starts with self-awareness and then you know um this sort of uh, top down and bottom up and middle out sort of of way of approaching your life where you become aware of the world at large you become aware of your own inner world and then aware of the communities and everything in between and this um uh, it puts it puts people's awareness back into their own hands of like fuck maybe i've got some shit i need to work on within myself right spirituality and like self-reflection and stuff there's a lot of ways to do that meditation mindfulness whatever and that's all great and you can certainly make a huge difference in your life by, by being more self-aware, fixing your traumas, addressing your shit, not being a fucking victim like we were talking about earlier, where you blame everybody else for all of your shit, right? And a lot of us do this. I've done it, you know, through different phases of my life. Yeah, I've got many, many stories <laughs> of it.
1: Dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> Caleb's like, yeah, we could do a podcast just on that. Oh, we will tell you all kind of military stories and we, we, I'd just be like, whoa, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. We, and we will just talk about our fuck ups because that's kind of what this yeah. is all about. Because I've, you know, we've come to realize over over time and doing this, um, that everything you've ever fucked up, most other people have done the same thing. Oh yeah, parallels. Yeah. you Dude, know, everybody's parallels. got pivotal Paralels.
1: moments uh, in their life to where it's either learn and grow or. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you just yeah, merry-go-round, and you and the keep doing they, the same shit. The ones that just blame everybody else, yeah, the ones that don't
2: grow. You put a quarter in, it goes around and around. It goes up and down. It's all happy. We, we it's all happy. The, we're gonna yeah. keep going on this merry-go-round, right? Because it's up and down, it's round and round, and we're gonna keep going, and people live their lives
0: that. Yeah, way. well, and it feels different. You, you just made a really good point. I never thought about with merry-go-rounds is that they're not just boring and going in a circle. There's music. There's going up and down. It feels yeah. like you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. The whole time. And there's lots of decorations and pretty shit. God yeah. damn, my brain yeah. just blew up. Yeah. My brain just all, blew up. All happy things. That's why merry go rounds
2: All happy things, right? But it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah.
0: Damn. That makes a lot of sense. Sorry about yeah. my creepy voice, but it just it fits <laughs> for the. He's, he's channeling Duncan, yeah. Duncan yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> he's, right. our Trussell <laughs> he's our trussle to her. He's our trussle. He's got a very Duncan Trussell-esque thing going on. I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't talk the same way. Uh, alter ego. Um, we, you know, the, we we we've lost sight, for the most part, as a society, of of the, uh, the the divine nature of what it means to be human, and and the the cosmic uh, power that we have over our own existence. Right? Nobody knows how to be human these days. No, no, no. We're We're, not even, we're, not even we're fucking robots. Like, yeah, they don't want you to be. Either turn Caleb's volume up, or Caleb's got to talk closer to the mic. My bad. Or you're going to be the <laughs> low volume asshole that yeah. you've been complaining about. <laughs> Caleb's My like, bad. Then the volume's so low. Don't be that guy. And then he gets on the mic and he's like, hey, let me just talk to you guys from back here.
1: Um, I like to pull the mysterious thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, most mysterious guy you in the room. Treat
0: this like it's an ASMR session and just just head like, talk yeah, that shit. Get real close. Just get really Lick the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Or be like me these last couple of weeks and always be sniffling right into the microphone. I'm sure the, the listeners really appreciate that. I have that. a bubble and it's hard to allow <laughs> things into that bubble. I, I understand. my life that, there, brother. But the microphones,
2: it. <laughs> it's not going to hurt your feelings.
1: No. Yeah, you never know. There's some
0: Just the things mad. that I could say that would hurt my own feelings. Yeah. Well, that'll <laughs> probably happen before it's over with, too. But we, um, you know, we, I, I want to use this platform to, uh, to, to point people in the direction of, of books of uh, authors, thinkers, researchers, of movies, um, whether we're talking about Wonder Woman, right? Like, yeah. It's not like you wouldn't think that like a, a super woke movie if you're not thinking about it, right? But if you direct people yeah. to these things, sometimes it can paint a picture that helps people visualize the way the world works. And we had this whole conversation about that yesterday. Like Wonder Woman's a pretty dope perspective on if you want to understand the way that the gods, you know, Aries or whatever exists, like you don't have to picture him as, this sort of superstitious, goofy ass, primitive, you know, mm-hmm. like some primitive people dreamed up this Aries God of War bullshit. Cause that's, we tend to look at the polytheistic people as like stupid yeah. or savage or underdeveloped or uncivilized. But wonder woman shows exactly what that is. Like, I don't know if I can explain this, but like we have, you know, we're made up of all these different spirits, the good and the evil and all mm-hmm. this shit. And when you put a bunch of people into a group collectively, those, those spirits mesh together and at a higher dimension, you know, Think of a yeah. tribe of 100 people, and 78 of those people are like really good people, and they particularly like being close to the earth and planting trees and doing all that. That whole tribe is going to look mm-hmm. like it's governed by this higher god of nature and of, of yeah. balance and harmony with, yeah. with the forest and all that shit. Yeah. Then you have another tribe where 90% of the, those 100 people or whatever they really like making spear tips and tomahawks in there. They're really good at that. Or like it's like the Spartan civilization, right? Ares was their patron yeah. god, right? Their whole civilization was built around war. So you don't have to look at Ares like he's an entity. Like no. if you're a Richard Dawkins scientist guy or a Sam Harris guy, all these people who like to make fun of theistic people, mm-hmm. they're missing the point, right? You don't have to look at this like it's a construct. It's it's an yeah. etheric, higher dimensional, like a, a fractal expression of the collective um shit that we're carrying around inside of us in in any given group yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean uh so what we got onto earlier was was the concept of um which i i think is one of the most fascinating concepts in in my worldview to think about and it's probably one of the things i get the most questions about on the podcast like ever it's what i've always getting the most gotten the most questions about is sort of a who runs the world why and how long has this been going on oh good
2: questions what are your answers
0: <laughs> please please I mean, tell me.
1: Perspective, because
0: uh, if we ask Beyonce, yeah, girls, <laughs> girls run the girls run the world. If you ask Queen bay yeah, well, she runs part of the world, right? Yeah, she that's does. if
2: you if you go down YouTube rabbit holes enough. So. Yeah,
0: she's well, <laughs> she is. I mean, if you know, it, to to the point of all of this, the the Aries and the embodiment of these um you know five dimensional entities here on Earth. I mean, Beyonce is sort of the embodiment of. One of these goddesses if you think about it. and I think Oshun. Well, yeah. Absolutely. I so think yeah. Oshun right now, is the goddess she sort of embodies if I remember. If the uh, if the world ended. Like let's just say something happened. Armageddon
1: human race was wiped out. Think about who our who the next gods would be they'd start finding evidence of like beyonce and then she would be what you know whatever they could find evidence of her oh she must have been the uh the, the goddess seduction or whatever well that's and that's it right, so right. Uh, all all i got more, goosebumps also, of war heroes right now all at, of our war heroes are gonna be you know they're with their their
0: boomsticks. you know look at all, yeah. that's it so i i said this a long time ago when i first started you we know
2: getting graham hancocky with that
0: yeah dude that's that's real welcome shit. that's real shit <laughs> Uh, I'm not a, I'm not that illiterate, guys. Yes, I no, no, I, swam, no, no, no. I, I, I swam a little bit, but, <laughs> but I read I, too. I love the point, though. I love it's, the point. Well, so to take that point further, because I dig it too. Um, I I noticed this three or four years ago when when all this shit really started clicking for me, and I um spent a lifetime studying mythology and all that stuff, but I never had this sort of vision of it. I was reading Wikipedia pages about the different gods. Oh, nice. And then I realized they were reading exactly like if you were reading a Wikipedia page for Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, Jay-Z. If you're reading, all, and I swear to God, guys, anyone listen to this, I'll stand by this. Go read the Wikipedia pages for any handful of celebrities you want, and then go grab any handful of Greek gods you want. This guy fucked this guy. They had kids with this. They were always getting overthrown by these people. This one, they liked to sing, and they had a beautiful voice, and they were the most beautiful people. So, like, Hercules was the... I You know, something like that. They were celebrities. Of the, the Rock time. would be Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. They were the celebrities. And, and they were and, pawned and around by it, the gods. That's it. He and if you to just show off and, you know, if you to make believe the
1: gods are real, that's so you it. Would
0: know the gods are real. These people had to exist. That's it. I mean, if you look at The Rock, I mean, he's pretty superhuman. Definitely. There's not another one.
1: No, (laughs) you know what I mean,
0: or like, or like the mountain. I trained
1: to fight almost every day of the week, and I would be terrified if he came into a room in in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) like because I'm like, that's all you do. This is gonna hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You don't don't want any part of that.
0: He's he's he was um. You know, I think about like the Bible. You know, in Genesis six, and then there's countless other references and other mythological books and documents. But you know, they say that there were giants in the earth in those days, and um, that the uh, that the the sons of God. Saw the daughters of man and saw that they were beautiful and came unto them and had children and they were the great men of renown and the heroes of old. Yeah, and then and then that, so and that's the, bad the Bible ones were Genghis Khan. The ba- <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, and that's it. And then we can trace that back even further if you wanted to. I'm not going to do that here, but there's yeah. a lot of evidence that Cro-Magnon man and things like that might have played a role in that. Are we going mm-hmm. Anunnaki? <laughs> I will. Yeah, I mean, the we could, you know, um, Anunnaki. Jesus Christ. No. Sorry, sorry. we not I'm open that rabbit <laughs> we're hole. We're not doing that rabbit hole right now. All right, all right. But the point is, is that the gods uh, um, that we often dismiss in our modern world, right? The gods uh, and the people who worship those gods, we often dismiss. These polytheistic people were goofy. They were silly. They were superstitious. We've risen above that now. We have science and Richard Dawkins, right? This whole other way of looking at the world that really doesn't answer any existential questions. No,
2: because it's measurable.
0: Yeah, it's all got to be seen and felt in five sensory and. Right. If all it's that. not
2: measurable, then it's outside of realistic. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm at with, with a lot of that. Is
0: Richard it. Dawkins wrote a book. Um, I keep throwing him under the bus because I used to like love that guy. And then after sort of having my spiritual awakening, I realized that he's got half of everything exactly right. You know, yeah. what 50% of, of, 50% accuracy for like a, a world-renowned thinker like 50% accuracy of, of Shit, big Better than any batting average in the <laughs> in <laughs> Professional it's, baseball man, it's pretty good But there's so many other thinkers that have so much more figured out because they're not omitting half of the human experience Yeah, which is what any materialist scientist does right? You're completely omitting the existence of, of spirit of metaphysics of the non visible right mm-hmm. the non tangible or whatever and one of the things that Dawkins he wrote a book Called the Magic of Reality, how we know what's really true, Mm -hmm. and it's a great book to read. uh, And I read it with my kids, so like you can read it with your kids or you can read it yourself. It's it's written and he's he's a great author. I love Dawkins as an author, but as a thinker, it's like it's hard to read because the dude just has half the fucking thing figured out. And this guy is like one of the leading thinkers on the planet. So it's 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 constantly making fun of anyone who 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 understands the existence of the non-physical. Mm -hmm. that's just his whole existence is about just just belittling and making fun of anybody spiritual right Um, but he wrote this book and in the book what I thought was really fascinating like in the first chapter is he was he says with all of our five senses we can only see 1% of the known universe and then with all of our additional instrumentation and all of that shit we can still only see another 3% of the known universe so we just have to keep inventing more gadgets and gizmos, telescopes allow us to see out further than we otherwise could with our, our naked eye, right? Mm-hmm. Instruments help us expand the range of our senses. That that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Through instrumentations, uh, instrumentation we're able to expand the range of our senses. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you ever taken mushrooms, bro?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. To see is one thing, but to understand is a completely different thing. That's it. Thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can objectively look at all this stuff through telescopes and all these gizmos and gadgets and different things, but we're looking at images and pictures mm-hmm. and 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 we're measuring in these constructs of science but we don't really understand what the fuck's going on and i'm sure there are are phd's out there that think that they do but do t- you take yourself a heavy dose of mushrooms and go out there yourself yeah come talk go to me go dance on the rings of saturn yeah and then yeah, no then joke. then talk to me
0: yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Go. Yeah, go have go have in-depth conversations with extra-dimensional entities about the nature of our reality, right. you know, and then come back and tell me that that's not real. It's uh it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. I just think it's interesting that, you know, there's um we we do live in a place where our religious institutions are are virtually non-spiritual, right? It's certainly in the West, like all the monotheistic ones, like you're not spiritual if you're if you're monotheistic. You're not really we used to be that way. Yes, there's not a lot of spirituality there. It's a pretty watered down, vanilla, you know, mundane yeah. um, sort of sense of spirituality. You know, it's very um, outward. Like I pray, I speak words, I go to church, I kneel, I wear nice clothes on Sunday. I um, it's I, showy. It's very showy, and it's not very internal. Superficial.
2: It's, it's not superficial.
0: Internal. Yeah, it's, it's not not internal. Yeah, yeah. Once you unlock a, a more um, I don't know. Holistic spirituality, Hol- holistic
2: would be a thing, but it's it's really. I mean,
0: experiential, or it's
2: it it starts with you, yeah, right. So that's the thing that these uh Judeo Christian monotheistic uh religions that we grew up with are are not exactly teaching is is you know what they teach is kind of the opposite. Is it's not about you, yeah. It's about this this higher calling, well, this dirt. spirit, and you're you're just groveling at the feet. And, and you're trying to buy your way in versus you you are everything. You are a God. It, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. And so when you start that journey inward, that comes out. Yeah. But they don't teach that. It's, it's all about um, being this servant. And, and I, I totally understand uh, the truth in that. And I've seen very, very great human beings, many great human beings, follow that path and do wonders. But to the average person... Uh, I would say that, you know, nobody tells you that it's you. It starts with you. It starts inward with you and what's going on, and then that all comes outward. It's not about being a servant to somebody else or some other thing or some other high being. It's about being a servant to yourself, understanding yourself. You are
0: God. That's it. And I think, like, you know, and we've talked about this a few times, I think, but, like, there's something about the way that, that monotheism teaches the concept of heaven that I think... So, so hear me when I say this, I'm gonna to try, to, try to make this as simple as I can. There's something about the way that monotheism teaches the concept of heaven that I feel like intentionally unsettles people about the nature of the afterlife. Okay? Yes. So what I mean by that is the whole time I was a Christian as a kid growing up, I, I would ask people like, what happens in heaven? And it's like, oh, you just, um, you turn in, you go up there with the angels and you just spend eternity singing praises to God. And man, that never, it's weird. It's weird. Doesn't sound fun. Doesn't sound fun. It sounds very totalitarian. Sounds very theocratic. We're all
2: gonna sit at the feet of God and worship him all day long.
0: For eternity.
2: I'm like, man, an hour in church on Sunday is rough. (laughs) I gotta (laughs) do that forever.
1: It was so easy for me, uh, especially going to the military and when I was I went through it so easy for me to just be like, Yeah, that doesn't exist. Yeah, like this is not real. But that's that's my point. I don't trust anyone. My
0: whole point is when you tell someone, a free thinking person that they're never going to accept it. No, I never did. They're <laughs> never going to, and I never did either. Even as a Christian, I just had to compartmentalize and block certain bullshit out because I, I, my, my brain would not allow me to accept certain stupid things, contradictions, stories like that. So my point is, is that if you understand that heaven and hell are inside of you and that you're projecting your internal reality out at the world every day and you're the God of your own universe and the creator of your own, your own reality, once you understand that, and then you understand that the soul survives after death, and that we are currently living in a Taurus field of energy and different vibrations. And when this body evaporates, dies, combusts, turns to ash, whatever, when the worms eat it, when life leaves this body, you're already incarnating into other bodies and other realms. I've seen it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had mm-hmm. some deep mystical shit go on in your life, you've seen it too. um I don't know how it works. I don't. I, I don't know. The only way I can think of it i always seem to think of it is like is it is that our energy and our life force and all that stuff is like a river and like i know you guys have been like out in the streams and the rivers and the forests and stuff and if you move some rocks out of the river the water will flow into those those rock holes right because it has to Mm -hmm. because now there's a hole and that energy has to go fill it and the way i think of reincarnation um which I also think is, by the way, happening happening simultaneously at all times because time and space are an illusion that we just experience in this 3D it's reality. A construct. It's yeah. a construct, right? That allows us to go through these motions and through this this, this timeline in this 3D and experience moment to moment reality. But I think with reincarnation, it's like the lessons that our soul has learned, and our soul begins to take on this different shape. Like think of it like a like a DMT light sphere. We can talk about these entities, you know that you encounter. Um, Think of us as being like a, a mirror ball in the middle of a dance floor. You have all these little mirrors and lights, and it all reflects in different ways. And with every lesson that you learn and the different growth that you go through, your, your little light body begins to take on a different shape and a different character. And as your physical, biological Earth 3D body dies, that light sphere, that light body, whatever, now has to flow like a river into the spot that's been created by the new lessons and the new growth that it needs to undergo. And it will then flow into the appropriate vessel which already, again, exists outside of time and space, so it already knows what lessons that body is going to encounter and learn, right? So it just slides in like a shoe that fits on the right foot. That's how I see reincarnation working. I don't know if that makes any sense. I probably shouldn't, oh, hit, no, that. I probably no. shouldn't hit that vape before I started talking.
2: <laughs> no, that, that, that fits perfect. I was, um, uh, unfortunately, just at a, uh, at a funeral. Yeah. um where uh, some of my family members had passed away and, and I'm, I'm listening to the preacher preach and, and he did a beautiful job and I, I that it was right in line with their beliefs and I thought about when I die um what would I want the words to be said yeah over me And I know exactly what I'd want. I don't know if anybody would say it, but he's away. Adam <laughs> Adam follow me here. what is God? As far as an algorithm goes,
0: it's a binary fractal self replicating algorithm that creates and animates all things.
2: Yeah, that's what I once said. That's it. There I am. I'm part of the algorithm. I'm just self replicating into my next version of myself. I've been there, I've seen it. You know, heavy dose of psychedelics will let you know that. You you know, definitely dissolves the ego when people talk about oh, ego deaths and all this stuff and all that. No, you realize like this is just one small part of some greater thing. And you can see the maps of all of the planets as they revolve around the sun and it makes this perfect geometrical shape. And we like to think that things are coincidence and they happen because, you know, oh, this person sneezed this day, and so that that's the reason that this happened. No, 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 everything is kind of part of a process, and it's bigger than what we think, and there's not somebody up there with an opinion of you, right? God's not up there going, "Mm, I didn't really like the way you handled that situation, therefore you are now in the bad zone, and then you do something good, and like, oh, then you move on to the good side. No, everything's predetermined. Everything happens for a reason. It doesn't mean that you don't have some sort of free will,
0: but I think the more you become aware of that free will and of the pattern that that could take shape in your life, like the Dharma or the Tao or whatever you want to call it, like the Tao is a good way of looking at it. Wonderful way, right? yes. It's it's, it's it's the way. Um, the more you come in alignment with that, that Dharma, the destiny, the Tao, whatever, the more your free will actually sets you free. And the more your free will is no longer the thing you're a slave to, where you're just responding to impulses and all your lower thoughts and all that shit. Exactly. You know, that's and you're not
2: judging it. yourself along the road. Right. right? You're not going, mm, I didn't do exactly what I... Because everybody has regrets and everybody has... You, you ever take a shower and you go, man, I wish I would have said that like in the shower eight hours later after a yeah. conversation or whatever. It's not that everything's predetermined, but it also isn't that what you did judges what's going to happen to you later. There is a as Robert Grant put it, a mathematical equation to what's happening. And there's just more to what's happening than I guess, you know, what, what a lot of people walk around and understand.
0: I think people are afraid, like the religions have made people afraid of everything, of being human. You know, you made people afraid of being human. You make people afraid of their own nature. They're afraid to, uh, to make decisions that don't fall in line with, some imaginary set of rules one of the things that manly p hall said yesterday that i heard that blew my mind is that as societies we suffer because we are trying to navigate a divinely created universe with man-made laws and that's essentially what religion does right Mm -hmm. they put a bunch of crazy weird rules uh thou shalt have no other gods before me honor the sabbath don't eat shellfish throw gays off of rooftops you know what i mean like this weird shit that doesn't make sense and i think that like one of the things of like ancient people, whether it's tribal people or some of the more like we might consider them maybe more civilized, like the Egyptians and stuff that have like a well-constructed sense of science and spirituality that are are melded together properly so that it can grow a substantial civilization that can exist with relative harmony, right? To me, like that's like the highest civilization you can ask for, right? Tribes are cool because you can have a hundred people that should live in relative harmony, but the more you develop a harmonious understanding of science and spirituality, or of the physical and non-physical uh, it, within your society, the bigger you can grow that society and maintain relative harmony.
1: Devil's Advocate, spirituality, you know,
0: but they had slaves. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, just Devil's Advocate, like... Um,
0: there's there's yeah. actually no evidence of slavery in Egypt, okay. which is interesting. Kind that's of why I wanted to go into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually <laughs> because you're going to
1: have that. That is
0: going to be an argument from anybody.
1: It's like ah, they're yeah. not that spiritual. They, they had slaves. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> did they? The, <laughs> historically,
0: there's actually no evidence for it. So the Bible, the Bible mm-hmm. is the only place you're going to read that. Mm-hmm. And so that brings me full circle back to the Old Testament and back to Akhenaten and back to Satanism, mm-hmm. the origins of Satanism. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When you look at the Old Testament, one of the things that a lot of these like atheistic scientists and stuff do have right. Sam Harris talks about this a lot in very funny ways, by the way. Um, uh, and I think Richard Dawkins said like the the God of the Old Testament is one of the one of the meanest characters in all of fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, like this guy was not a loving God. This is not Jesus. <laughs> do you know.
1: I used to say, it, tell people that all the time. You know. It, it, Religion, I'm usually I was like, eh, it's just a kid with a magnifying gliss- glass, and we're the anthill.
0: That's it. Uh, <laughs> well, that is your Old Testament God. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck this up. Let's flood it and kill everybody. Yep. But he's also perfect, and he also knows the past, present, and future. Right? The the, the intellectual acrobatics you have to put yourself through to... Never could. Never, you, you can't, <laughs> right? I tried.
1: And I never found anyone I respected enough to sit there and explain it to me, because when they would try, I'm like, I, I don't respect you enough or your intellect to, like, to believe what you're telling me.
0: Yep, that's it. To, I can't believe you. The answers are never convincing to a yeah. thinking person. And that was the thing that I struggled with too. Yeah. And that's why I say that like the, to understand truth, right? to me to understand truth, like capital T, is to understand the nature of how shit really works in the universe, right? To understand the nature of cause and effect to understand the as above, so, so below principles, as within, so without. Yeah. To understand that everything is vibration, everything is polar, north and south, male, female, positive, negative, love, fear, all of that shit. To understand all of those things and how they were incorporated into ancient belief systems uh, is is to is to really have a different understanding of, of you have a different power over your life, right? Because yeah. that's why to me like, it's relevant to understand Egypt didn't have, there's no evidence that Egypt had slaves. That's relevant. And it's also relevant that the Old Testament conflicts with that. You need to understand why it conflicts with that. Mm-hmm. Who who wrote those books? What was happening at that time? Yeah. And what purpose did it serve to make up things that there's no scientific evidence for? Mm-hmm. Because that is a Which is very common
1: with Egypt. Like, they've... So many theories on what even the pyramids are. Right. But it's like, that makes no sense. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's, the, it's the capital of all mystery on planet Earth. You know, Egypt yeah. is... is uh, you know, there's other places like it, but it's it definitely appears that at least, you know, at some point in the past that Egypt, Egypt was was, was like the epicenter of, of some important civilization, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, and, and we know that like, just even in our sort of recent ancient history, 3,500 years ago, Egypt was a very high civilization. Like mm-hmm. whether the pyramids were built at that time or not or whatever, like there was real advanced shit going on there. Mm-hmm. The priests were way advanced beyond Greece. That's where Greece got its civilization. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, all of our modern civilization really descends down from from Egypt in a way. Um, again, you start looking at why is the history all fucked? Why is the history all obscured? And why are yeah. uh, you know why are things hidden and, and all of that? Why are we meant to think the Egyptians are bad
1: people? Right. What what's there? So I, I always try to look at that too. I'm like, okay, so they're basically the Jews are telling us the Jewish and the Hebrews. They're trying to tell us that the Egyptians are bad. Why? Like, right. And then you start. I asked this question the other day and I think you actually caused me to ask this question. Um one that I've never asked before was um
0: You're gonna blame me for being the one to lead you to criticize the Jews. No, no. Uh not criticizing podcast the necessarily about criticizing the Jews, but I was I was
1: literally asking <laughs> I uh I looked <laughs> somebody had said something and I was like why is it the Jews have been so persecuted I hear it all the time it's like we've been th- persecuted for thousands and thousands of years but I've never heard anyone ask why so why? it made me ask why you know have, uh, you, have you
0: ever if you yeah. ever been in if you've been in 50 failed relationships yeah maybe it ain't everybody else's fucking deal so the, uh, the, <laughs> that was the hardest lesson I ever learned so I used to um,
1: get into a lot of fights I was in uh, swimmer school got to fight beat up my squad leader beat the hell out of him Called my dad for the hundredth time. Um, oh, I got to another fight. I this, fucked this, up this this dickhead, and he's like, he he for the first time he actually blamed me and jumped my ass, and I, it caused me to think like, oh, <laughs> it ain't everybody <laughs> I, else. I, I I got a chip I, on my shoulder. Yeah, I've got a chip on my shoulder, and I, I keep putting myself into these situations. So uh, again, I looked at that situation. Okay, okay. So why are you being persecuted? Why is it everywhere you go? Like, I nobody i heard it. nobody ask that question. So, um. That's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you keep not step- that I hate Jewish
2: people step- or anybody. I you keep k- stepping in it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it? <laughs> well, so the, so the first thing the first thing to point out just for the safety of everybody on the show is that um, the problem here has nothing to do with the race of people. Yeah. That's what no, I want no, to point no, no, out. No, no, no. Is the problem here has nothing to do with what you would consider a Jewish person. Yeah. And and I'm going to make an artifact out of that statement too. Why is it that Think of all the races you can think of, right? Mm-hmm. The white race, black race, um, you know, um, uh, African people, Asian. Asian people, all this stuff, right? Can you convert to being Asian? No. Can you convert yeah, to being Caucasian? Yeah. You know what race You what slash what belief system you can convert to but not be born into, but you can also yeah, be born Jewish. Jewish. Uh, That's yeah. the only one. Uh, to,
2: yeah. to, to your point, I, they just- I can't,
0: I can't convert to Irish. No, you can't
2: convert <laughs> to they Irish. They just recently in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> classified uh, Judaism as a race.
0: It yeah. wasn't that
2: before. It, yeah, yeah. So it's so, a so now belief. it's belief. Now yeah, it's now all it, of a sudden a race. Now it's Religion, a race. they've been
0: race. around for thousands of years and it all of a sudden became a race. Just yeah. now. Yeah. Just now. Yeah. So uh, at this point, just so I don't uh, so I can fall back on this if I catch myself going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> this is where I'm going to direct you guys to the work of Michael Tessarian. T S A R I O N. Michael Tessarian um, talks a lot about the uh, the um the origins of, of what we're going to get into, which is Atonism, and and the story of of the Hebrew people and what the Hebrew um, thing really is and the nature of the Aryan people and what that really is. Because all this stuff is connected. And instead of just listening to me and my bullshit, you can go research it and find thousands Absolutely. of years of, of ev- evidence throughout different things. Because there is, um, there is a belief system, which, which is what a religion is. It's a belief system. There's a belief system called Judaism. But you can be born into this Jewish race. Okay. It's an interesting thing. So you can convert to Judaism as a belief system, but you're not still a part of this race. And so the, the waters get really muddied yeah. here. Um, understandably so. So, first of all, I don't give a shit what race anyone is. I don't have a, a preference. Like I said, I'm very, you know, I love black women more than the rest of all the rest of them. But as far as like disliking any of them, I don't. I don't care. I have favorites I have, I have favorites uh, <laughs> I'm
2: colorblind I don't see religion yeah, yeah.
0: exactly but but the um, race I don't care about but belief yeah. systems matter yeah belief systems matter yeah don't and hurt people. It, yeah yeah, yeah. Don't, don't don't think that you're better than everyone else that you that you're okay to kill people because of your belief system yeah. or don't don't think that That's a belief system that kills lots of people is a good belief system yeah. you know um, and so what basically happened is is that what we consider the Hebrew people, you need to think of that as a, as a belief system that goes way back, mm-hmm. right? The original Hebrews of Egypt were probably Nubians and black Africans, mm-hmm. right? But again, it doesn't matter. The point is is that the race was not the thing. When you're talking about Hebrew people, it comes from the word Ibaru, which is where we get the word Iberian, the Iberian Peninsula, right? Mm-hmm. You, have you ever associated Hebrew people with Spain and Portugal? And no. It's not where you think of no. that coming from. But the original Ibaru people came from Ibar- uh, I- Iburia or Iberia, that's mm. where they came from. Now, we can get into this some other time, but again, Michael tessarian has got a good, a good bunch of stuff on this, the Ibaru and the Aryan people were the, were the, the, the scientist priesthood of Atlantis, that's what they were. Mm. And they brought this belief system at the fall of Atlantis at the end of the Last ice Age to the Himalayas, uh, to Peru, to Egypt, to Babylon, to all these different places, right? So in ancient Egypt, they talked about the sea kings, the sea people and all this stuff, the Phoenicians, right? Phoenix rises from the ashes after a great catastrophe. right? The Phoenicians, those guys were the the, the descendants of the Atlanteans. They were also six and a half, seven feet tall. They were also redheaded, right? Mm -hmm. They also had a very advanced system of, of language and stuff. And I've done linguistic comparisons on Phoenician next to Hebrew, next to Egyptian, next to ancient Gaelic in Ireland. Um, it's all the same thing. Hmm. It's all the same thing. So if you just imagine some island in the middle of the Atlantic that sank, those people are going to diffuse. Yeah, absolutely. In all these directions, and they have to go Expanded. through the. Yeah, so they're going to go through the Iberian Peninsula, through the Mediterranean, through Greece. Ancient Greeks, another one of these languages, they all came from the yeah. common tongue of the Atlanteans. People yeah.
2: made it out of Pompeii, right? right? You know, like absolutely not, not but, a lot, not a lot, and that's key, not a lot, not a lot, but they did. People made it out, and they made an impact.
0: And you know who 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 would have who would be the people to make it out? The homeless people are probably not going to make it. Yep. Right? They don't have transportation. They don't have resources. They don't have food, and they certainly don't have a lot of foreknowledge of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But scientists, thinkers, rich people—you know, good and bad probably yeah, military leaders military leaders yeah. right these are the people who are going to survive because they're going to have the f-
1: every movie about the apocalypse it's always the people the rich people getting on. the leaders are, are getting on the the laptops. yeah
0: and what part of that doesn't make sense you know what i mean like it just think about when we have hurricane katrina you know what i mean yeah. we see these things happen on like local scales and stuff like that um it's it's the people who know shit and have the resources to get it fuck out because like if, if it's if a bad hurricane's coming and you don't have any money or any resources you may just go uh man I'm i hope gonna, it's not that bad i'll just ride it I'm out i'm gonna ride it out but if you're rich and you're like i got a plane i'm just gonna go fucking go to go to hawaii for the weekend while the hurricane why risk it why risk it why risk it and they don't I have be to be on
1: the other side of the planet
0: so that that's one of the cool things about this is that after atlantis fell the, the case is is that after atlantis fell there was a there was a diffusion of these Atlantean, these highly advanced Atlantean schools of thought. And they set up these sort of mystery schools all over the world in different places, mm-hmm. right? And these these temples still exist up in the mountains and the dunes of Egypt, right? Where you get stuff like Aladdin with the cave of mysteries and all this shit. They, st- they still exist. Greg Brayden goes up there and, you know, does video of him up there talking to the monks and reading 3,000-year-old scrolls that no one's ever seen and shit. It's a thing. You can go do this. And so the Himalayas, Egypt, um, even in Hawaii, you know—you still have the, the, a lot of the kahunas in Hawaii and the, the Pacific Islands and stuff, the aboriginal elders, and they all tell this same story of, of a place that fell and the priests and the, the high thinkers, the priesthood, um, who were seafarers, who were advanced seafarers 15 or 10,000 years ago. They dispersed all over the world, and they set up these mystery schools. And in these mystery schools, they were teaching essentially today what we think of as hermeticism, which is the, the the belief system that came out of ancient Egypt. It's a way of looking at the world. It's like a framework upon which you build religions. It's not a religion itself. It's an understanding of the framework of the universe. As above, so below. Principle of duality. Everything is vibration. Um, you know, all all that kind of stuff.
2: Well, well, what? So to devil advocate this here is. Why are we discussing things that aren't common knowledge? Why, why isn't there a, a greater understanding of there were certain people and principles? I mean, you were just talking about Genghis Khan being mm-hmm. of, of red hair and completely different from yeah. the Mongols. So why aren't we speaking on all of these great leaders and their traits and stuff? And then the first thing that comes is like the muffle. Right, so like King Ecbert from Vikings, yeah. who discovered the Romans' knowledge and used right. that to conquer and and rule over right. England before the Vikings came. Right. It, you know, it's ancient knowledge. So, I, I guess to answer my own question, but I want your guys' opinion on this: is is if we know this as you know historical fact that
0: why is it why is the history of this stuff, this important stuff, not like common knowledge? Is it
2: too woo woo? Is it oh, no, no, it, or, no? no. Or are people not wanting us to know? This? Yeah, you no. Know, like, where does that? Wh- where do you fall on that?
0: Well, it's these, and that, and that again ties into all of this stuff with 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 Atenism, the creation of monotheism. You know, because that is when this knowledge became what we would call occult or hidden or esoteric. Right, was when Akhenaten came in in the 18th dynasty and became possessed by the spirit of Set, by the god of war and chaos and darkness and all that stuff. Yeah and he created, instead of Amunism, which, which this is so cool to, I've never talked about this, and I've never heard anyone else make this connection, but with Amunism, you had the god Amun, which is all love and light, more or less, with aspects of darkness within him. Mm -hmm. Um, Set, the god of war and chaos and darkness and all that stuff, he and Horus were like the, it was the Holy Trinity was like Amun-Ra, and then like sort of Set and Horus, or you could look at it like Iris and Horus or whatever, but, uh, when Akhenaten became possessed by Set, he came back, got rid of Amunism, and created Atonism. So you have Aton, which was the counterpart of Set. So you have Set Aton, Satan. This is this became the god of the monotheism during the Eighteenth Dynasty. It was Set Aton, and you can look at the hieroglyphs, and it's Set and Aton next to each other, and that's where you get the word Satan, just like where we used to have the word Amun, which the Hebrews in their prayers turned into amen over thousands of years right mm-hmm. so when you start studying the linguistics of this stuff and you start looking at the hieroglyphs and you start really looking at how these the the, the politics and the religion and the zeitgeist of the time how these things unfolded the story that uh, that unfolds before you is fucking crazy it's some real fifth element shit you know it's it's a crazy thing the god of the old testament is satan the gnostics of the time of jesus knew this And if you read the Dead Sea Scrolls, I've got all of them in my library at home. If you read the book of Thomas, the book of Enoch and all this stuff, Jesus and all his disciples, of which Mary Magdalene was his closest and his wife, um, they all knew this. They were all studying at the Roman Forum, which a lot of people don't even know about the Roman Forum, but there was a big, huge area in the middle of Rome where they have Buddhist temples and Hindu temples and Roman temples and Greek temples and Egyptian temples and Viking temples. And you could go to the Roman forum like you can at this town center and walk from temple to temple to temple and just go get high and just walk into all the, talk to all the priests and get all the knowledge from all the different things. And Jesus and his homies were doing that. Just like (laughs) everyone listening to this podcast is doing that right now. Right? Yeah. And this was the first time in history where you had all these belief systems all collected in one little area where people could go shopping for religions. It's the first time people could do it. Sound familiar? It's just like now, we have the mm-hmm. internet. Yeah, These things come in cycles, right? Uh, Golden age, silver age, bronze age, dark age, back in, you know, it's 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 all that thing. Jesus and the homies, just like everybody listening to this podcast and the guys in the room, were getting high and, and thinking about shit. They were thinking about the big picture of the world mm-hmm. and, and they for the first time in forever, they had the ability to compare beliefs and to compare ideas and do all this stuff. And what Jesus and Apollonius of Tyana and all their disciples and friends, just like all the followers of this podcast and other ones like it, what they began to realize is that there were patterns between all these religions, that they were all mm-hmm. basically saying the exact same thing, and they mm-hmm. began to read between the lines of what the common threads were that, that wove all these things together, and they went, whoa. You got to watch the man from earth, man. Okay. <laughs> I will. It's, it's, it's on my basically
1: list. the same take. Uh, at, at just a short. It's a guy who accidentally survived from caveman all the way up th- up through mm. you know. But it all takes place, and he's just trying to explain to his friends. And it starts out as a game, and he turns out he had studied with Buddha. Oh wow! And he and uh, one of the religious scholars in the room got really offended because he ends up making the connection. He doesn't say he's Jesus, but he makes that connection. He's right. like, I just it got out of hand. What happened didn't really happen as you know it. And I just wanted to, he goes, Buddha was the best man I ever met. And he goes, and I just wanted to take his word. And of course, it was yeah. hundreds of years later. And uh, yeah, so it's, and he taught the same teachings. It's all he tried to do. And he goes, and they were, you know, they tried to sit there and, in the movie. It's like, oh, show me your scar. It's like, I don't scar. I don't, I don't scar. It right. Like, I just got him walked out. <laughs> well, I, you know, and it's <laughs> like I
0: learned from Buddha how to drop my
1: heart. It's just a the, really great, uh, but it makes that same
0: connection that moment. That's dope. I'd, yeah, I'd never heard of it till you told me about it, but I'd, I I want to watch it. I mean, th- and that's, you would call that like a Gnostic, that's a Gnostic um, movie. It's like a Gnostic movie, you know yeah. what I mean? That's people who have this sort of perspective. Yes, you that's, know? that's the point. And The Matrix is like another Gnostic movie, you know? Yeah. My yeah. kids were pointing that that's out the other day. Totally true. I'm going to go take a leak. No, I'm not doing that. I just now realized that I took that half an edible, and that's like, I was like, I, I haven't smoked weed in weeks. I, I
1: realized it when we started the podcast and you started talking, and <laughs> you said you made a Mitch, oh, I shouldn't rip that pan. I'm like, did he forget about that edible? I totally did. <laughs> and that's how you know I
0: took an edible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just sitting here like, oh man, I, wouldn't I feel have the, offered the brain fog.
1: I would have remembered that you took Because this yeah. one right here is, uh it's a good one. What, what, what was that, butt. like I'm a
2: week it. ago or, or maybe two weeks ago? Two
0: weeks ago, two we weeks did a podcast ago. and we got way too stoned before we started. Yeah. Wait till you take the uh, the sativa
1: edibles that I got for the trip. Yeah. Bro. Bro. I took one before I came here and I've been flying high. <laughs> Dude, there for a minute. I'm I not d- doing it. Dude, do there for a minute. I was seeing colors
0: while you were talking to me. I was like, <laughs> this, is, "This is awesome." Dude, I'm telling you, from now on, and I've I, been doing. I, do, this. I train like this too. I so. know, but I'm done. <laughs> I, if, if if I want to write some music or work on poetry or work on my book or whatever, I will take an edible. Or if I want to go to sleep, I'll take a thing or whatever. indica. Yeah. But I'm just. I'm not I don't, I don't like walking around like this. I don't like it. I do. I know you do. You and David, y'all. Even you've got. Yes. You, you, <laughs> yeah. Even you got there.
1: I, 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 I hug my kid more. <laughs> like I'm like, hey.
0: <laughs> See, and I guess I've gotten to a place where like I operate in my best place all the time. You yeah. know, it, I fucking I love all my, my a, kids. I'm squeezing, and I didn't. Used to.
1: It's more of a like it, pain control at the same time, and then yeah. keeping in a happy state of mind, and You're it, also it helps me be like PTSD. more casual. <laughs> that's that for me that's a huge thing because like um if not man i i get paranoid in grocery stores yes yes thank you yeah he's the same way i can't i can't tell you the last time i was in a grocery store and it was with someone because uh it was with amanda because she keeps my she has a natural ability to keep my anxiety down Mm -hmm. and uh i don't even like grocery stores and um I don't go to, I order my groceries online. Dude, I am six foot four, almost 200 pounds, and I'm scared to be in a grocery store. Yeah, I I get it. I I just don't, I don't like those things.
0: See, and look, make no mistake, I get why y'all do it. And I'm not even saying that I don't go through phases in my life for two or three months where I do the same thing. I just, I happen to be in a place right now for the last couple months where...
2: You've hit the spot.
0: Dude, I'm I'm operating at fucking peak Adam... For the first time in my life. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. You know, um, <laughs> still working my way it's up to gonna Pete s- Caleb. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fucking work, but f- let me tell you something. I told JC, so last night, yesterday was my birthday, which you guys came and visited with me. I appreciated that yeah. all day. It made my day. Um, and then I went to my buddy's restaurant and he just started feeding me tequila and I hadn't seen him in six yeah. months. Mu- no, I haven't seen him in six, it's nine crazy months. That we're only days apart. Yeah, it really is. Five five days? Five days? Yeah. yeah. And um, I, uh, I got hammered, dude, and, and I, I haven't drank that much in forever. I've been, like, really not drinking at all for the last couple months. And um, I went home and had the most evil, demonic, horrible dreams I've ever had in my life. Last night was the worst. I mean, oh, cool. horrible, terrible things. And we had a friend of ours on um, the podcast about a year and a half ago, and she was like, uh, she's a powerful psychic, and she was like, uh, we offered her a drink, you know? And she's like, no, I, it, it, psychic shouldn't drink because alcohol is like a gateway to hell. And you know, I'm psychic now. Mm-hmm. It's a new thing for me. I have no, it's a no experience with this psychic thing. But as of last week, and my full moon ritual that we've talked about, like my brain's not the same anymore. My, you know, there's a psychic awareness that's never been there. There's new dimensions that have been open to me. And last night was evidence that alcohol is capable of pushing me to depths of hell in my mind that I didn't, I've never been to before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not in dreams. In mushroom trips, sure, but like. Realistic, horrible, evil spirits involving my kids and just demonic, horrible shit. Yeah, and I and woke up four or five times going, "What the fuck is this about?" I'm not a drinker. Go back to sleep. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not going to do it anymore.
1: Like I, I can have a good beer every now and then, maybe a sip of good something, whiskey or something like that. But I can't. Yeah, I used to drink. I used to drink, and I mean, I was raised by alcoholics. Yeah, and
0: I was so. I, but I just don't like. are ex-military.
1: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah the alcohol I, I was raised by alcoholics but they're nice they're nice dude they, they really are but <laughs> my, they are like my, the my
1: favorite memory of your mom already is just like <laughs> bro We're just sitting there having a conversation hey, jc i don't know if he's told you about this but i was having a co- adam's talking to me man is right here and i just see out of nowhere his mo- mom on this golf cart. <laughs> and she pulls up like, it's like a scene out of the movie, out of uh, Beverly Hills. Uh, no, well, th- that, <laughs> that was Napoleon Dynamite because yeah. it's like the fence, you know, where Tina the llama, but it's a cow. Yeah. Uh, and We have Carol the llama. <laughs> Carol there. the llama. Uh, <laughs> and mom pulls up, <laughs> take, uh, reaches into the cup holder. There's a beer. Midday, we've been shooting guns. Uh, <laughs> Sounds about takes right. Takes a drink, yeah, of the yeah. beer, gets out of the golf cart. <laughs> throws the hay over the fence, gets back in, takes a drink of the beer, drives out of scene. <laughs> All this time Adam's talking to me and that's the only thing I can hear. You're not it's even looking. Okay, like you're I'm just, a, You're just, just off in the distance like dying what is that? inside? <laughs> I'm like this is just so surreal for me. And, and, and so it's, it's Meanwhile, I look over here and there's literally like a full functioning bar and everything like that we've been shooting guns and I'm just brought back to Tennessee and the
0: good old days and yeah. I'm like I'm home. This is my <laughs> yeah, this is my normal. <laughs> this is my happy place, you know. Like, and and I, I literally that same day, you know, our friend was did we us. just become best friends? <laughs> yes, we, that, that was the day that we, we and Caleb were all in, and uh, my friend Navea was over there, and she was like, later on, and she was talking to my ex at the time, and she was like, "Is this like normal? How people normally live? Like, or yeah, did I grow yeah. up in a fucking really weird place?" And Ashley was like, "No, this no, is not this normal. Is normal." But to me, that's my
1: normal. It's your you it's know? Normal. shooting guns, oh, four wheeler ride. Yeah, yeah, I'm Shoot <laughs> guns,
2: oh, <laughs> <I'm I'm laughs> four wheeler. People fucking running four wheeler. Let's get on shooting. the four wheeler with the gun.
0: And oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, grab the beers. You know, obstacle course shooting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember
1: like being here in s- Texas. We, we literally shoot hogs from helicopters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, you- it's a thing. <laughs> it's we a used thing.
0: to. When I was like sixteen, we would get a, a, a bottle of Crown Royal. Me and Riley and, uh, and David would be there, and we would we would get a bunch old of David. Crown Royal, and we would get in the back of my truck, and Riley would grab the shotguns, and he and David would have a spotlight mounted on top of my truck, and we would drive through my field. Sixteen years old, drinking Crown Royal, shooting coyotes on the on the move mm. with a spotlight. You know, because they would come kill our chickens and our goats. Yeah, yeah. But also, at 12 years old, I was walking out at you know before sunrise to feed the animals, and I always had my mom's 38 special with me, because I would not to to defend against any predators, but because I would go out there, and once or twice, three times a month, I'd go out there to find a mangled baby goat or a half dead mama goat, and I would have to shoot it in the head while it sat there and cried at me. So I'm doing that at 10, 11, 12 years old. You know every yeah, morning yeah. so you compare that like to i think now more and more all the time i kind of laugh out loud about how different my upbringing might have been from everybody else i know yeah same it's <laughs> the group in
1: the country and like dude just i've done I, there were swimmers that i served with and we'd be all swapping stories back home and stuff and i all the time be accused of a liar like
0: that didn't you're happen. making this shit up yeah. like i'm
1: like no man i'm telling you i was I was raised that way. <laughs> Crazy shit happens to me.
0: It's bizarre. It's bizarre. I think about that a lot like the um growing up in the city versus growing up in the country, yeah, you know, and just the way it shapes your mind is different. We all grew up in the country, all three of us. But you
1: can grow up in the country and not have done anything.
0: Right. Rare. Sure. Yes. Well, no, no, you're, no, Most, totally. Mostly totally. homeschooled kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, no, you're totally right. I mean, you definitely, like I went to school what you grew up in the city. And see some shit. Right. No, yeah. it's, it's totally true. It's just different, you know? I mean, I, I didn't have a whole lot of.
1: I think you, you are what you attract. Uh, and if you're
0: wild and free thinking
1: and you live in the country, you're going to go out and explore that country. At Good six. point. Thing, if you'd have been raised in the city, it would have been no different. We'd, right. we'd still be kindred spirits, even though you're from the city and I'm from the country. Sure, or swap that and yeah. put me in the city.
0: That's a good. That's a really good point. Uh,
1: again, it goes back to what JC was saying. Um, this is all written. It's right, <laughs> it's right, right. And there is a version of you somewhere that is in a city, and there's a version of me. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's exactly it. Down. So I mean, that's many dope. versions. And
0: so yeah, full mm.
1: circle back to Ananat. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God, man! That's a hell of a bathroom break. <laughs> 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 bathroom break could We might,
2: we might keep that in. Yeah. So pardon my singing. Oh
0: just, yeah, <laughs> no. Well, we can we can edit out up to the, the beginning <laughs> of the conversation. Yeah. That's fine. We'll do we'll do that. I don't mind throwing in a little bit of editing like that. That's a co- the good thing about not doing this shit on video. Right. Is um, it's a lot easier to edit and get up for everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. How um, awesome has he been sleeping, man? Oh yeah. Dude. Kayla brought us, you guys can't see it, but Kayla brought the little the little puppy whoppy in here.
2: Oh, you guys can't see it. Maybe we'll just take a good picture of Flip. And this and will be our when background. And when you're watching this, if you decide to watch it, it'll just be one image and it'll just yeah, be just a sleeping be, bulldog. Yeah, the, uh, the, the little baby. <laughs> our
0: new ha- green screen. Uh, just <laughs> just yeah, right that's there. it. Just little weird. Flip. Little Flip. He's bro. a little oh, half man. English, half French bulldog, and he's the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life and he just walks around trying to eat everything, all the cables, all trash the feet. Trash.
2: The, the internet was astoundingly with, I should steal that dog.
0: Yeah, JC put yeah. a poll up and was like, should I steal this dog? Everybody says yes, but the problem is we couldn't round up enough of those females that could kick Caleb's ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> None
2: of them had met the owner of yeah. the dog. <laughs> yeah,
0: so anyway, we're, we're gonna table that conversation until so we can- information. <laughs> yeah, information. We need, if we need a little bit, little bit more training, uh, all those girls. I watched Karate but Kid, nothing. you know? Well, anyway, guys, I don't know how to tie it back to whatever we were talking about. I don't know, man. The The Akhenaten thing is, it, I don't, how did we get on that conversation earlier? Uh, Akhenaten got possessed probably during the rites of initiation as a pharaoh to give him some DMT, stick him in the king's chamber sarcophagus, start chanting downstairs in the pyramid, like our friend Robert talked about on the podcast. Robert Grant leads tours inside the Great Pyramid, has a key to the front door of it. And goes in there and meditates by himself inside the Great Pyramid or brings a group of people to chant and meditate all night long inside the Great Pyramid. And that whole thing starts vibrating. And he'll go, you can go lay in the... Damn. You can go lay inside the King's chamber. Robert can go lay inside Sign the King's chamber. Sign me up. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, he called me last... Uh, last tour he went on up there or whatever he said like, bro are you coming up it was like in a week he gave you like like three days yeah. advance, like you come yeah body to triangle the shit on a set <laughs> yeah dude and that's the thing that's what needs to happen you know i i think i think that in mental domains that's that kind of shit works but uh akhenaten went up there did the ceremony um and teleported his consciousness off uh you know into outer space to whatever and then he came back and it wasn't him that came back it was it was a We've seen... How terrifying. We've seen... Can you imagine? No. Can you fucking I, imagine? I, I can only imagine. Um, do you guys... Have you all seen 300 Part 2? Yes. So you know how Xerxes sort of descends into the yes. waters yes. and comes paid out? a lot of attention to that part. That was Akhenaten. Yeah. That's that's what you can imagine. How
2: right? old was Akhenaten? 17. When, when 17 years old yeah. and they. Pump him full of DMT. and you you're Put in the, him in you're the, the, in the worst isolation chamber. Of and and he might have got, been fourteen. He's got all the pressure. His son was 14. right upon himself. Tut, right? was, Tut, yeah, Tut
0: was fourteen. Okay, Akhenaten uh, was a little bit older. Akhenaten but, was older. But does,
2: it doesn't matter. Seventeen or fourteen doesn't right. matter. Even if you were twenty-two, it doesn't, he was. It, you you're he put came. into that pressure cooker of. All this chanting, yeah, Yeah. you know, like in, 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 if you've ever done DMT, you're blasting out into the cosmos, and that's just my experience of like 2020 DMT. At that time, there was a whole ceremony around it, and you're going out and you're interacting. The pressure to maintain and compose yourself in that situation, you just kind of put up with what is happening. Yeah, And then you come back, and whatever happened while you were there, you come back and you think, this is the thing, right?
0: So check this out. If you Google something about Akhenaten, you get all these questions that pop up. Why was Akhenaten hated? Who was Akhenaten's wife? Was Akhenaten actually Moses?
2: Hmm. Okay. And so
0: Akhenaten, so you have, the, yeah, you have
1: this whole story of the prince, uh, prince of egypt and stuff like that but you also notice that akhenaten was not um he was all uh, displayed differently than everyone else before him all the kings before him um w- had very manly features he was not he was uh, had an elongated uh yeah. head and he also had a very thin neck very narrow shoulders and a, and a big belly almost uh womanesque uh, yeah. features uh weird very weirdly shapen so he was uh, obviously from uh what you're saying uh he was possessed it it, it actually deformed him like, yeah which you see yes. depicted in every movie of any yes. possession ever it always the sith you. The, even when you start worshiping the dark side and the Jedi and the Sith all Starts of the Sith Lords yeah. deform because of the dark power Yep. it's uh <laughs> you see this Damn, in every day bro. you see this Goosebumps. every day that's that's legit
0: that's dude that's that's strong I never even made that connection before that's real shit yep. you know and that's and so that's uh, imagine you know like on 300 part two, Xerxes is sort of a normal prince. He descends into the water through this magical ceremony, and he body com- grows. Body grows. His body deforms. All the
1: people that are worshiping with him are deformed. All they they even in 300 yep. they showed every, all those people. They he had to, uh, Yeah. Yes. So
0: <laughs> it's and I I actually never thought of that connection to this until this moment now. Right. But you're right. It's just everywhere. You Dark see. Dark magic is always depicted as deforming the host. There you go. There you go, right? So he comes back possessed, and um, he is Akin Aten, right? And he goes, you know what? Amun and that whole set of gods, shit. that's no longer our thing. Now, (laughs) something about Amun. Every movie ever, the guy comes in. We're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I got a new thing. I got a new thing. (laughs) I got a new thing. Hey, think about that movie in Westworld. And they go, yeah, this guy went away and came back with some strange ideas. You have this prophetic experience, Moses on the mountain, whatever. Mm -hmm. You come back. And, and what did Moses say? What, what, the Akhenaten brought monotheism. What did Moses say in the Ten Commandments? Same thing. You'll have no other gods before me. You know, what, what are the Ten Commandments? I think the first three or four are like total, like it's total jealous God stuff. Ten Commandments. Let's see, I like doing this on. All right, I am the Lord that God. No other gods before me. That's two different commandments. <laughs> Number one, I am the Lord that God. Number two, no other gods before me. Number three, no graven images or likenesses. Number four, never take my name in vain or use it without, without purpose. The first four of the Ten Commandments have nothing to do with morality or ethics or treating your neighbor right or any of that shit. It's, it's jealous God, jealous God, sociopath, crazy girlfriend. <laughs> That's what you get out of the first four. I'm is, right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. Don't ever, ever, ever look at anyone besides me ever. If a girlfriend ever delivered this fucking, this set of rules to you, you'd have her kicking rocks quick. Right, uh, or if a guy ever did this to some girl, like, this like you, Kim Jong, or a guy to a guy, Whatever. if anybody in a relationship yeah. ever did this, you'd dictator, like, it's, it's yeah, dictatorship. It's, 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 it's total, it's theocratic dictatorship. Yeah, and and then even number five, keep the Sabbath day holy. It's not until like number six you get to honor their father and mother, don't kill, don't commit adultery. This is like three pretty obvious fucking things, and these are the kinds of things that modern apologists for Judaism will say that or Judeo Christianity will say like. Ju- Without Judeo-Christianity, we'd all be fucking savages. And like, this is the, this is responsible for the development of modern civilization. All the amazingness that this world is is all thanks to Judeo-Christianity. Are ben you- Shapiro says this. All ten of the commandments, except for the bullshit four in the beginning, come from the 42 ideals of Mott, which was the wife of Thoth or the counterpart of Thoth, and she was the goddess of mm. justice and truth, more or less, right? Balance. All of the 42 ideals of Mott came before, but out of the exact same zip code as the Ten Commandments. So imagine, imagine if this was the, the uh, ideology that we built our civilization around instead of that crazy fucking crazy girl from bullshit, right? Imagine. So
1: yeah, so to
0: bring it for people who uh,
1: are maybe hearing this for the first time, you're literally saying that our current civilization, modern day history, was due to one demonic possession in ancient Egypt,
0: and it has literally shaped the world. That's it, to this day. That's what I'm saying. Nailed it. And what I'm also, thanks for bringing that home, and what I'm also saying is that this ain't my idea. This is this no. Is, this is not something that I'm. It's not, not what I'm trying to say. This is yep. not something you just fabricated. No. This is literally like
1: you go watch Ancient Aliens. Go yeah. watch. Yeah. It all connects. Go it read.
0: the go read go the read. Gnostic texts. Go read the the Nag Hammadi library yeah. and go read the Dead Sea Scrolls and you'll understand that the real Jesus and the real disciples they believed this, not just believed, they understood it. Yeah. They compared the world religions. They lived in these areas. By the way, Jesus did go through the initiatory rites of the Pharaoh in the Great Pyramid himself he came back with a whole different, and that's he was. What,
1: that's why they said he was a returning king. Yeah. He, he did
0: the initiation. <laughs> he did the initiation and came back as an enlightened master. He tapped yep. into his highest self and came back as that, right? Um, and did so and think of the opposite of what Akhenaten did, right? Yep. Again, you have this yin and yang, the flow of cycles and yeah. you know, you have sort of Satan taking over at the time of Akhenaten and then you have the return of Christ consciousness, golden ages, yugas of the Hindus, it's all the same thing, right? Um, so Jesus comes back with all these beliefs and these understandings. Um, the Romans killed Jesus, right? You can pretty much bank that that happened. If, yeah. if not Jesus, they killed a lot of Jesuses at that time. Um, but they took, like we see in Vikings, the show Vikings with King Eckbert they took these understandings of truth of the universe, and they packaged it in such a way that they could middleman the relationship between the earthly man and the higher yes. man. Mm-hmm. Yes. you can middleman and control the flow of, of between the communication and relationship between god and man yeah, was disconnected from self or disconnected that's why right every, everyone misunderstands They're gatekeepers.
1: everyone misunderstands the movie the book of eli they think it's oh about god. the righteous and uh and what's his name Denzel, and he's the righteous one i'm like the only one that had it right was the supposed bad guy yeah. he's like you this don't is understand, a weapon. you don't understand the power yeah. it was like and i had a buddy try to tell me he's like yeah Such the book made movie. him the book made him invincible i was like no, dude, you missed, you missed the, the whole the, point the of, whole of that point. <laughs> movie. They're literally telling you, they're literally telling they're you that religion is a weapon. It was created as a weapon. Yep. We look back at the Dark Ages, the Salem Witch trials, yep. all of it. It to just get control. Now
0: think about this too, is the book of Eli happened right after a global cataclysm. Yes. Then that's it's relevant. It's yes. relevant to understand that this earth goes through these these cyclical destructions and they happen a lot more frequently than what scientists want to face. Mm-hmm. They happen often, and, and you know scientists want you to think that like the last major in- meteor impact was 65 million years ago, killed the dinosaurs, and we're like, whoo, we're not due for another 65 million years. That's no, awesome. No, now, this shit happens. <laughs> we're like, overdue. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> you know, is is often. Um, I've got a timeline I've, I've been spending years on now, mapping the rise and fall of civilizations, and then use and then mapping out geological catastrophes all over the planet and matching them up. And you, that's this. Is, I've been doing this for four years, and this is when you start to see the crazy fucking up and down cyclical patterns happening Mm -hmm. and the movement of people and the diffusion of of beliefs and ideas and languages. It's all it's fascinating shit. But my point is that global catastrophes and even massive local ones like real big like Pompeii and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. that fuck up up maybe 10% of the world, which is a huge problem, right? It's a huge global change, even though it's not a global wipeout. These kind of catastrophes shape the world. They shape the way that, that people move around the world, the way that people yeah. flee from areas mm-hmm. and the way that ideas flow and the way that history becomes destroyed and the reason that wars happen and yeah. takeovers happen and the fall of you know civilizations and stuff like that. It's really fascinating to look at. But anyway, Jesus came, he, he studied all the religions, he definitely was a yogi, he went to the Himalayas and studied there in Tibet and all kinds of stuff. Um, and this is all written about in different texts, Gnostic texts, but modern day sort of um, Judeo-Christian political analysts—I I think of like Ben Shapiro particularly—but Jordan Peterson says something very similar: is that without Judeo-Christian, the Judeo-Christian construct, the this beautiful, amazing modern world that we've we've ridden to such heights and advancements, like we wouldn't exist without that. So, two, two, two issues I take with that that okay. stance is that number one, by what measures are we measuring the advancement yeah. in the quality of life of the modern world right to caveman yeah to ca- you know <laughs> um, well you're measuring number of iphones a number of air yeah. conditioners number of nuclear weapons yeah. um you know what i mean that's what you're measuring it by not suicide rates not depression not no. disconnection from racial, not yeah. heart disease not anxiety of course we look mo- the most advanced civilization compared to caveman because that's where you're t- it's as far back as you're taking it well and you're, it's also also the value system that you're putting on it yes you know the, yeah. like yeah they didn't have iphones yeah, yeah life's so much better because the cavemen didn't have TV and they didn't have air conditioners yeah, yeah. and they didn't have temperpedic mattresses and cars. So obviously we are more advanced, but it's yeah, it's it's only in the material range, only in the material aspects can we say that we're more advanced mm-hmm. than a lot of the tribal cultures that have yeah. zero anxiety, zero depression, mm-hmm. you know, n- n- zero su- the suicide's a myth yeah. in those societies. Like what? And they just live in a constant state of connection to nature. And you go, oh yeah, but I mean they don't have air conditioning, and and sometimes. You know, a lion eats them. Okay, we, mm. we have, how many car crashes do we have? How, how yeah. much heart disease do we have? Yeah. You know, like how, how in the world is that more savage than what we're doing, right? When everybody's- Or to a hospital, bro. Yeah, exactly, dude. You ever like just considered the whole fact that the pharmaceutical world exists, mm-hmm. you know? All, all of the, the amount of drugs that everybody's on oh, yeah. and you know, the kids that go to school and have zero outside time afforded to them by the school and then if they can't sit still for eight hours in a little bitty chair, they stick them on drugs yeah. and they fucking zombie them out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. we're, we're advanced, right? Anyway, the Judeo-Christian view of the world, I would argue, is not the best religion. And the reason why it, it, it has become the, let's call it, dominant religion on the planet is because, A, they did steal some good ideas from the Egyptian or ancient Atlantean belief system. They mm-hmm. stole the ones that stuck the best. Which are also basic natural laws that everybody in the world understands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the part two, You got gonna the, keep those in there, guys. You got to keep. On. Well, if it, look, if it, if it ain't true and it don't work, it won't stick. Yeah. People won't follow it if it's a bullshit religion that can't stand it on its own. It's of it's course. Got, so what they did was they they took um, a handful of truths, stuck them in the Ten Commandments, made one God instead of acknowledging the many, mm-hmm. uh, because you can control access to one God. It's hard to control access yeah. to hundreds, Yeah. right? So it's just, there's one God, you only get there through me, and then we went from Amunism, where we made amends to have salvation, to Atonism, where we had to atone for our sins. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started paying the church for salvation. Yes. Think of the word amend. all that. Think of the word amend. You just made a comment about paying earlier. The word amend. We make amends. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay you. To make amends with you. Yeah. We just, it's a it's a it's an understanding, it's a relational thing, it's an mm-hmm. experiential thing between you and I. We make amends. Yep. Now think of the word amen and then the Egyptian god Amun. These are all the same root word. Yeah. Under Amunism, they would pray and say Amen and they would make amends. Mm-hmm. That's how you reach salvation. Yeah. Under Atonism or set Atonism, Satanism, which was Akhenaten's thing. It became Atonism, you had to atone. akhenaton I mm-hmm. can atone the Pharaoh, atone for my sins by paying the church to forgive me. And that was when Atonism or Satanism entered this dimension of reality. Mm-hmm. And Satan came here embodied. And from that time, um, you see a decline in Egypt, you see yep. utter you see utter chaos uh, break out across the world. Across the world, and um, immediately you have, thats uh, this is exactly at the time of, of, of the, when the Old Testament supposed to be written. It's like the exact same time. And then you have Moses in the Old Testament, you know, doing this uh, exact same kind of thing, going up, having a conversation with the one God who is a God of vengeance, mm-hmm. who is a God of hellfire and brimstone and drowning the world. I mean, the Old Testament God, I think Richard Dawkins, whatever he said. Talk
1: to like, God in a cave.
0: Yeah, which is the room? Yeah, uh, the granite room. Yep, yeah. e- exactly on top of the mountain. Yeah, you know, and um, it's it's interesting you talk about a burning bush because anyone who understands the concept of of the tree of life being our mm-hmm. spine and the nervous system and then as it goes up into the yeah. brain that's the tree of life. Mm-hmm. The burning bush when that tree of life lights on fire. If you've ever had a powerful mystical experience on psychedelics, or probably even if you're better at meditating than me, you'd probably do it w- yep. without them. Um, you feel like your entire spine lights on fire. Yeah. This is a burning bush. And this is also kundalini energy. And so uh, let me just run through a few of these real quick to make my point is that um, the two reasons I feel like Ben Shapiro and these guys, like they're trying to make this claim, which I, uh, I'm glad this came up because this gets on my nerves. Judeo-Christianity is not has not created the best, most advanced, most harmonious civilization on earth. It hasn't. Mm-hmm. But it has created the one that we live in. He is right about that but the things that matter and the things that are like the most virtuous things about the monotheistic or the Judeo-Christian belief system, they all were stolen and bastardized from ancient Egyptian beliefs. So let's look at this. We have our 10 commandments we just talked about. Here are the 42 ideals of Mott. So after you die, which is interesting, after you die in ancient Egyptian theology, according to the Book of the Dead, you go you embark on the duat and so think of that as the journey through the afterlife through the cosmic sort of afterlife the soul goes on this this cosmic highway right if you've ever taken a big dose of mushrooms again you know you know what this is you've mapped it out and you've seen it and you go through what's called the weighing of the heart ceremony and they weigh your heart against a feather and you basically observe all of the uh the comings and goings and doings of your life and you face them with a with a clear mirror reflection right there's no hiding from the truth or lying about what happened. Mm -hmm. You face what you did and who you were. Sound like a psychedelic trip yet? And if your heart weighs more than a feather, meaning that you're weighed down by sin, meaning that you did more harm than good and that you didn't try hard enough to be the best you could, you didn't learn the lessons you needed to learn, you go back and repeat the fucking school. And if it happens enough, eventually um, set or or Sekhmet, I can't remember, comes and devours your heart and you 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 disappear into nothingness. Your soul see, it fizzles out, your spark dies, and you're fucking done after enough chances. But if you keep getting better, you keep rising onward and upward toward the light until eventually you will go become a star. You know, you become a shining light that has its own its own gravity and its own orbits of, its, of, of other bodies around it, and you're a shining light in the cosmos. Now think about that symbolically. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when you came across um, the river, um, um, whatever the river was, I can't remember now, but it's, the, it rep- it's represented by the Milky Way, which, by the way, the Egyptians laid out their entire city as a layout of the Milky Way and the Orion constellation, all the different constellations, which also mirrors the human body. This is the hermetic principle of as above, so below. And they built it into their cities. Their temples mimicked the human body. You had, you had the, the holiest of holies where the pineal gland is. You had this whole thing laid out in proportions, with the legs and the arms and the and the organ systems and the glands all represented by different rooms within the within the um, uh, the temples. Mm-hmm. And then you had the city laid out like that on a greater scale. Damn, that's the level of fucking connection these guys were on with the human with human nature. Yeah, it was it just at a level we can't even imagine. No, I
2: was just gonna make a bad joke.
0: <laughs> What's new? <laughs> 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 <Nice>. <laughs> Dude, it's a thing. They had it figured out.
2: They did have it figured out. I was just I, well. Here's my bad joke. I was gonna say, thank God Christianity came in to save us from no. this primal way of thinking. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: That's I, and and that that's really again. I'm using Ben Shapiro as like the he, he's sort of the hero of this, and he he makes a lot of sense to a lot of people who don't know anything more. Right. He used to make a lot of sense to me, and now I just get irritated because he's literally stopping one step shy of reality Mm -hmm. by saying that oh no it's judeo-christianity that's the reason why this beautiful amazing advanced civilization exists and so it's obviously self-evident that this is the superior belief system hinduism didn't bring us this world islam didn't bring us this world tribalism didn't bring us this world shamanism mysticism astrology didn't bring us there's so much bullshit in making that claim Mm -hmm. and and these are like the objective ways why
2: That's all the bullshit. That's all the stuff it brought to the table. So you're telling me if we didn't have this amazing advanced civilization, and we didn't have the politics, and 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 let's let's talk 2020 here just a little bit, like this global pandemic and all this stuff going on, and say we just existed in tribes, right? Like we just had little pockets of civilizations everywhere. We're nomads. We're the Indians. Maybe we had cities. Maybe we had buildings. Maybe we had electricity. Maybe all that stuff, but. If a catastrophe hit somewhere, it would affect those tribes. It wouldn't affect your tribe. I'm just saying there, there's, there's potential here that we could have continued on, yeah. like, say, the Native Americans were doing, and we could just do that in a more advanced way, but we wouldn't be so interconnected to the rest of the world, and there wouldn't be so much white noise yeah. out there. So some people say this is a great, like, oh, oh it, it, it led to, you know, the cities and the civilization and, and all these wonderful things that we have now. Are they though? Right. Like are, is, is that really where we need to be? Or have we gone past, like, did we hit a synchronicity in this pocket in time where that's how we should have been and been created and we pushed it way too far. Yeah. And now we've, we've created a mess too much noise, too much interconnectivity. I know Tesla said at one point the whole world would be able to talk to each other.
0: Yeah, well, he, it, he designed a lot of that technology. But,
2: but but is that exactly how it should be? Or should we not exist in communities of 100 people? And then those 100 people communicate with the next 100 people and the next 100 people. Then that leads to several billions of people. But do we really need to know what so-and-so in New York and is. I don't know. Thirty second apartment is doing and like. like I, I think,
0: I, dude. I think it's a balance. I think that we, you know, we as humans, we need other humans to exist. You know, particularly sure. like to have a relatively easy life. It's a lot easier to live with other people. The the thing is, the extent to which we can we can synergize our worldview within our tribe and our group is 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 the extent to which we're going to have harmony and quality of life. Oh, no, but we got to fight over little things and we got to be divided. Well, that's the thing is whenever you start living a life that is completely devoid of the spiritual, the supernatural, the metaphysical and all that stuff, you're literally ignoring all of the the non-physical aspects of, mm-hmm. of the human experience. So that's why, like, you know, we don't again, we don't teach emotional development classes to fucking middle schoolers or well, elementary not, or high no. schoolers. It's or not anybody. measurable. It's not measurable. So it's it's what's measurable is check these boxes, you know, fill out these bubbles, do whatever, replicate all this shit, sit in death, shut up, and, and it, it's all got to be traceable and trackable and and all that shit. That's the whole point. So listen to this little thing I'm gonna play. Um, uh, you guys, what I'm about to play is uh, this is Thoth's prophecy, read from the Hermetic text by Graham Hancock. So love that guy. This is uh, yeah, me too. So this is, this, is, um, this is probably a 2,000-year-old writing that comes from the Corpus Hermeticum, which is the, uh, the prophecy of Thoth or the whatever. Uh, it's one of the p- prominent hermetic texts. So if you guys want to go read the Corpus Hermeticum um, or like the Kybalion or something like that, those are great hermetic texts if you want to understand hermetics, especially the Kybalion. Easy, way easier than the Corpus Hermeticum. But Thoth was the Egyptian god of wisdom. That's where we get the word thought. And um, by tapping into this sort of channel of Thoth, you can you can understand things about the nature of reality. And so, in this book, um, Graham Hancock is, is reading from it. So, here we go. We're going to listen to this, and you guys can go um, go listen to it yourselves, too. Let me see here. Anyway, that's it. 2,000-year-old Prophecy of Hermes. That's that guy. That guy. Bro, and, what, and just look at what's going on today
1: just even today how crazy uh, right now california is going through what it, the sky is on fire man it's mm-hmm. completely red man, blacked like, out the sun yeah <laughs> it could be 1988
2: and we can make these parallels yeah, but. yeah. There's something funky about, right? There's something funky in the air. Right? Yeah. This is you, you you could literally make parallels mm-hmm. to any mm-hmm. time in human history to what they're talking about. And that's the devil's advocate argument here is we could talk about this, the dust bowl. Well, so here you know, yeah, but in the but 30s here's, we could talk about this.
0: We could. And my response to that, which I've never attempted to explain out loud, but mainly P. Hall does a 2-hour lecture on this is is um that Armageddon happens in every lifetime. Armageddon does happen in every lifetime. The world both ends and is reju- rejuvenated within the lifetime of every human being because we are projecting reality out from ourselves. Mm. So when we look back two thousand years and we see these patterns and we see Jesus on the timeline or whatever, there could be some other timeline where you know a hundred years ago we're looking back and a Jesus figure was there 200 years before Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The world could end in our lifetime because people could manifest that in this world. Meanwhile, there might be those of us who mentally are in a different zone, in a different plane, and we literally don't suffer that fate. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Westworld kinda does a good job of showing that where they have, spoiler alert, (laughs) where they have uh, you know, essentially some people ascend and go off into this one, the timelines split you know, the river's fork. The Hindus talk about like the river's forking and stuff like that. And you can step into a different river. And those are timelines, or time streams. And they, you know, you could literally manifest a global salvation and a global redemption, I think, and bring about the return of Christ consciousness on this planet and move into that future. And meanwhile, there will be people who right now we are sharing this time space with who will move into a different reality and call in a fucking asteroid you,
2: or something. You, you had made a post, uh, and you talked about this, and I me and my wife stayed up till midnight talking about you know, this this X on a graph of 3D consciousness and 5D consciousness, and that if we're not careful, we could end up staying here. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a whole theory. There's a whole theory yes. uh,
1: right now that that the uh, universe has actually already ended, but uh, what it did end in 2012, and most of us weren't even aware of it, and then a lot of us slipped into a different timeline, and they... They try to make um, this guy was trying to make prove the point on the internet by showing like a lot of people remember the Statue of Liberty in a different place than it is right now. Right, and there's actually pictures and stuff. It's yeah. like a, like what people would call the glitch in the matrix
0: or the Mandela yeah, effect. The, the yeah. Bernstein yeah. Bears. It, it's the Mandela and mm-hmm. the Bernstein Bears were brought up. Like, that was the biggest one for me, yeah. the Bernstein Bears thing.
2: Uh, the J C Penney one. Explain that me. one
0: before I go. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't do. Um, oh, what I well actually yeah I can. So i just never had i never could before but now i can yeah. as of last week so um you're welcome yeah thank you for that yeah it's weird <laughs> it's weird so yeah for you guys who didn't listen to the podcast from last week is that i had this crazy thing happen in my brain and now i can everything's fucking different and i can see more so the i mean it, it, it is what we just said these timelines do fork so mm-hmm.
1: picture yourself it's not back to the future it's 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 avengers endgame they they don't they don't uh it doesn't take place. Not it's a not a straight line it's not a straight line it's We run parallel with many timelines that are uh, a a complete mirror or at the exactly same and few little differences. You guys look up,
0: look up what a Taurus field is. Yes. Look up what a Taurus field is and then understand that your heart creates a Taurus field and your brain creates a Taurus field. Mm -hmm. And if you use that as a Vesica Pisces, you are in the middle of that shit. Mm -hmm. And there's a Taurus field Mm -hmm. because it's all fractal within that. So you are at the center of your own universe, of your own Taurus field. And through your thoughts, you create different vibrations that navigate you through these different frequencies within the Taurus field. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the way energy flows in a Taurus, it never begins and ends. Yeah, no. There is no beginning and end. So how old is the universe? Like we talked about this with, with Robert Grant. He's like, I think the pyramids were probably built in the future. And I think that time has an arc on it, just like we consider the earth to have an arc. but. Really, it's sight and light and all that that have an arc on them.
2: And I called bullshit on that, just to put an asterisk in here, because I came in not knowing Robert Grant. I did not have the knowledge or anything, and I called bullshit, and then he explained, build the pyramids again right now. Like, if the pyramids were built back in the day, build them again right now. Make mm-hmm. a replica. Make it exactly the same, and, and, and just watch. See if it stands as long as those... They, they're unwavering. Right, yeah.
0: Time fears the pyramids.
2: How did these primitive people mm-hmm. have this knowledge? And that has stuck with yeah. me, that time is on an
0: arc. I th- I, yeah, it's on an arc. I think I believe that. And I think they built those pyramids. That at, at our very highest point, maybe, in history, um, the embodiment of Thoth came to the earth um, in the same way that Satan or Set came into Akhenaten. Thoth in, incarnated into, into some Atlantean priest-king. That's sort of how that story goes. And designed the pyramids and built them um, in eternity, and they will exist forever on the Earth because they have to because of their mass, their alignment, the energetic signature of them, and people in the past—they've always been there. They were there ten thousand, ten thousand years ago, and they'll be there in eighty thousand years. Yeah. But he, they were built a million years from now, and they were built a million years ago, and they—they—they they're, exist there because of their their energy resonance. They have to be there. They complete the, this plane of our reality. Let's put a pin in it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, man. So Caleb, you got to bounce? Yes, sir. All right, dude. Well, we're gonna. That's beautiful, though, man. That's uh, that's something I want to know more about. Well, we'll get into it again. We'll do a part two of this thing um next oh, week yeah. or something like that. Bring some more coffee. <laughs> yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Do it. All right, buddy. All right, be good, brother. That was Nomad Fun Guy calling me. <laughs> really? FaceTiming me. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. Bring Bring him on the. <laughs> He's coming. I'm flying him down. I fucking love that guy.
2: He seems like a genuinely yeah. decent human We've
0: We've facetimeed several times. I like him a lot. He's. He loves us uh, yeah dude so I um so that that's sort of my, my take on the uh, on the pyramids and on the how that stuff works to go back to this uh, 42 ideals of anyone who claims that the Ten Commandments are the basis for you know for us being civilized human beings if you make that case and you believe it y- you have to you have to take it a step further because those things came from an older much more complete document and that documents called the 42 ideals of Mott. And so what I was saying earlier is that in the Duat, when you go to the weighing of the heart ceremony, you're asked by the goddess Mott, um, basically these 42 questions. Did you honor virtue? Or I'll read this as an, I, I honor virtue. You have to be able to say these things. Number one, I honor virtue, right? Which means like I uplift the good things about myself and the good things in people. I benefit with gratitude, right? So I'm thankful for what I got. I am peaceful. I respect the property of others. I affirm that all life is sacred. I give offerings that are genuine. I live in truth. I regard all altars with respect. I speak with sincerity. I consume only my fair share. I offer words of good intent. I relate in peace. I honor animals with reverence. I can be trusted. I care for the earth. I keep my own counsel. I speak positively of others. I remain in balance with my emotions. I am trustful in my relationships. I hold purity and high esteem. I spread joy. I do the best I can. I communicate with compassion. I listen to opposing opinions. I create harmony. I invoke laughter. I am open to love in various forms. I am forgiving. I am kind. I act respectfully. I am accepting. I follow my inner inner guidance. I converse with awareness. I do good. I give blessings. I keep the waters pure. I speak with good intent. I praise the goddess and the God. I am humble. I achieve with integrity. I advance through my own abilities and I embrace the all
2: the goddess and the God, yeah. uh, is that is that Thoth? Uh,
0: I, 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 well, I mean, yes, but it's also Horus and Isis. It's, it's okay. embracing okay. the masculine and feminine of at all levels. Right. So like Thoth is truth, right. And, and Mott is balance and justice basically. Okay. Right. So you have to, at that, at that level of the hierarchy to embrace the goddess and the God, you're embracing that. But then you have like Horus and Isis. And you have all like the nurturing and the discipline and sure. all the sure. masculine Yeah, you, you
2: had me on all of them, and I understood all those. And I was like, oh, okay, if I'm doing those yeah. things, as you're reading them, I'm like, I do that, I do that. I don't do that as well. I do that, I do that, I do that, I do that. And then it got us in the God. I was just curious as to where we were. That's it. With.
0: So, if you compare those 42 beautiful and like that, this much more complete way of looking at the world, like these natural laws, these are natural laws and natural truths. That,
2: that is the blueprint of being a decent human yeah, being. Yeah, that's a, it. A, a, not a decent human being, but a, a, a one wonderful, of those, you, you know, those an people exceptional you meet. Human. It's those people you meet and you go, oh, wow, I'm now, glad that they're in my life.
0: Right. So, let's think about that for a second. Let's stick on that because these 42 ideals will make you an exceptional human being right? What we would call exceptional human being. Mm -hmm. Now, little might be a little bit spooky then to realize and connect with the the reality that this is what you got to say to move on. This is the standard you have to live by to, to, to carry on upward in your cosmic journey. Yeah. So the average person, if they can't say this, then your average person's not moving on. Yeah. Think about that. Right. So that doesn't mean that person goes to hell, which is what the Christians want to believe, which also, we could talk about the origins of the word hell on a different one too. But. Uh,
2: but you said exceptional human being, and I I like to think about all the people that we would consider exceptional human beings. Let's talk about like celebrities and politicians yeah. and stuff. How many of them can walk through this checklist? I mean, you sure. read them off, and I, I I was calling myself on yeah. my weak spots, but I felt like you know I got like a eighty five percent average, yeah, and I was like, like that. oh, hey, that's fucking great. Like I, I I know what I need to work on. I know, and I'm working at it. What we would consider as a, as a society, mm-hmm. exceptional human beings, how many of those can walk down that list?
0: Right. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, and when I, when I say exceptional human being, I mean like the kinds of friends I surround myself with, like who I, I think I surround myself with, exceptional people yes. only. Yes, but, but I'm talking but the about... Values the values of society.
2: I'm talking about the society's yeah. average Joe going, oh, I want to be that person. I want to be the next so president. I want to be the that. next Kim Kardashian. So I want to be at that. that next... Great, whatever, and they think these people and they covet these people.
0: So that's the values of society versus like the values of like you know you can call it like a person who tries to live a righteous life. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm open with the world about my fuck ups, but just for my, the sake of my own little fucking existential game that I play with my life, I try to honor these things for that reason. Absolutely, I enjoy being a dick to dickheads sometimes, and I, I, I've stopped for I've stopped um, um, like convicting myself for that. I enjoy laughing at assholes sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's become a playful little aspect of my character I've integrated that I'm really happy with, right? I struggled to be the fucking Jesus for too long and I sucked at it. And embracing my own imperfections, my own little sort of outbursts of glee when somebody who's an asshole does something wrong or whatever, um, I just don't dwell on negativity, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't walk around trying to be an asshole and I give people a couple of chances to not be an asshole to me and I treat people with patience. Um, but you got to maintain a sense of clarity and self-reflection in your life to keep that practice up. But what here's what I'm saying. Here's the bottom line of what I'm essentially saying is you have 42 things here. When I was a kid and I was in church in a little Southern Baptist school, they had us like and I was in like sixth grade and they had us memorize all the books of like the Old Testament and then the New Testament. And then they gave us little prizes, you know, to do that. And it's about like there was like forty books in the Old Testament or something like that, right? Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Titus. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, whatever. I don't, you know I used to know them all, right? Um, there was zero benefit in memorizing that shit. It didn't fuck all for me in life, sure. right? And never could have the potential to do anything for anyone, except conditioning a young mind to to treat with great import the books of a of a certain belief system or religion right mm-hmm. it just taught me that these books conditioning. are conditioning it's conditioning this young mind to say hey this shit's so important you know you you, you only know two or three phone numbers in your fucking life at six in, in sixth grade one or two phone numbers but here's 42 weird ass book names y- that you should memorize because it's so important and we'll give you a prize for it now what if instead of that you put that energy in a 12 in a year old kid to memorize these 42 uh, ideals of Mott, the virtues of 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 judge of uh, truth, of, of balance in life. Like, what kind of a different society would you have if just your school and your school and your church could be the same fucking place? If this is what they're teaching, them, is my point. Mm-hmm. And that that is essentially what Egypt was. And th- this is forty-two specific things, but like
2: they're non-specific they're, as they're, well. Though. They're like so, they're very, very. I honor. I honor
0: virtue. Uh, I am peaceful. I benefit with gratitude. Like it's it doesn't I'm thankful tell you I'm how to, I'm, It no. doesn't tell you how to honor virtue. No. No, it doesn't tell you what day to do it on. It doesn't tell you what to wear while you're doing it. You know what? You can't judge anyone for doing any of this shit. No. You can't you can't kill someone because they're honoring virtue in a way that you're not, as long as it's you know, because if they're following the other forty one laws, then they're not they're not fucking your life you, up. You're doing not it.
2: hanging the eye on a virtue flag up in your front yard you know and, well, i a and, virtue better than you do right. or my virtue's different than yours yeah because
0: it says i regard all altars with respect bam bitch yeah what now you cannot live in accordance with these 42 ideals and be a fuck up in life I fucking like, love that and ben shapiro and these and, and even jordan peterson who does it way less annoying than ben shapiro though and doesn't do it as specifically but still they both make the claim that like, judeo-christianity is the essentially the superior belief system on earth and B, the reason why is because it has resulted in this most awesome and advanced civilization in Earth's history. Now, I don't know how much they know about Egyptian history and how much they understand about the the, the quality of life of, of the Egyptian people, but when you understand that this is how every motherfucker was walking around, not everybody was right. Not everybody was obviously doing it, but like yeah, this is at least the ideals that they were teaching. Mm-hmm. This is the this was what from the ruler, the pharaoh was supposed to embody these ideals. The priesthood was supposed to embody them beneath him, and there was a whole pyramidal pyramidal hierarchy of scientifically literate and spiritually enlightened people from the top down, and spirituality and an understanding of of the physical and the non physical world was incorporated into the the education of every young mind and every adult in the society. And um, and it was a connection with the full natural uh, um, experience of what it was to be human, right? Virtue is not material, right? I honor virtue, like that's not a material thing. Speaking with sincerity, that's not a material thing, right? But when it says I treat people's property with, um, wherever that was, I treat people's property with respect or I, I regard all altars with respect, right? Like these are physical places, and and um, you know all of that stuff. I act respectfully. I'm kind. I'm forgiving, and I'm open to love in various forms. You know that sounds uh, a lot better than throw gays off of rooftops. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different thing. So I guess that's kind of maybe maybe I could I could leave it there for now. We'll probably pick up on part two next week because I think this is a cool conversation for the it's Alexandria been project. Wonderful. I think this will be. This is big picture. We'll st- we'll just make this like um, first episode of the Alexandria project, and because we haven't done one, this is I'm excited. This kind of just fell in our lap. But I think it's a valuable conversation because what this conversation hopefully has done is to paint maybe a broad worldview to start with, very level one, level two shit, um, but cool and interesting and thought provoking. And from to hone in. and we're gonna hone in, and but we're also gonna work at the individual level out. Yeah, we'll do that on the next episode and on every episode after that. We're gonna talk big picture and try to work in from the outside. And we're going to talk individual level and go from individual up. Beautiful. And, um, you know, the more we can create a nice spongy conversation where we're getting all of it connected. Um, I think we're going to have a good time. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So, uh, on that note, guys, go look up the 42 ideals of Mott. Go look up the Corpus Hermeticum if you never heard of it. And, and for, you know, for God's sake, if you haven't been listening to Manly P Hall's lectures your whole life, now there's never been a better time than now to start manly p hall great esoteric teacher my favorite esoteric teacher and um he's got a lot of a lot of good information on this this sort of stuff so gnostic stuff mystic stuff uh ancient egypt and all of it very cool guy um very enlightened individual and 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 just as we're trying to do here with the alexandria project and everything we do on wayfinder podcast we're trying to to give you guys to share what we know about what we have and how it's affected our lives. But like, if it's, if it's not in, in, in some way going to help you live your life in a better way or bring comfort or understanding or insight into uh, a healthy, happy, balanced life, then, then I'm not as interested. We want everything to be delivered in a way that can actually be helpful. And so we'll talk about ancient Egypt and all this interesting stuff, but I, I want all this stuff to be able to be tied back to the individual experience of, of how to live a better life.
2: Well, your understanding of the things that we're talking about, will ultimately lead to your understanding of your own life.
0: That's it. Uh, As above, so below. Yes. Understanding the big picture will help you understand the individual picture. Understanding the individual picture, once you begin to start seeing the as above, so below, the as within, so so without, what's called the, the, the hermetic principle of correspondence, every lesson you learn at one scale in one area of life is a hologram for other situations at bigger and smaller. And it might
2: not make sense at first, but the more you study and the more you pay attention, the more you really absorb this information, then it will, it will, it has ripples of impact through everything.
0: Absolutely. So on behalf of Adam and JC at Wayfinder and uh, our special guest homie today, uh, Caleb, who had to leave earlier, uh, peace out you guys. Uh, like this, share it, subscribe, do all that cool stuff. Leave us a comment, review, rating, all that kind of stuff, we appreciate it. And this is sort of, uh, this is exciting for us to finally be sharing the this this Alexandria project with you because it's been a long time in the making. And this is really gonna be a culmination of all the knowledge I've acquired in my life, digging into the stuff as a nerd, and then everything that JC and Caleb and all of our other friends and a lot of our authors and researchers and stuff that we've um, we've got a lot of recording uh, recorded stuff with already. All that stuff's going to come out. We're just editing and cutting and putting all this stuff into these different packaged episodes, trying to keep things on track. And we'll we'll, we'll kind of flip all over the place. We'll talk big picture some days, small picture some days. Um, we'll move all over the earth. We'll go all around in different uh, journeys through different areas of time in the past. And uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. You guys are going to love it. Can't wait to bring it to you. So uh, may the light be upon you. May peace be within you. May you be a son on the paths of all men. Peace out, guys. We'll catch y'all next week. Cool.